I don't normally give disclaimers, um, but this chapter is going to be a bit dark and I think here things from now on will be a bit more concerning. So trigger warning for, um, just everything. If this doesn't seem like it's for you, don't. Alright, thank you. Hello and welcome back to my fanfic readings. We're gonna jump right into it starting on chapter 3 of... His siren song, Speak to Me by the Hooligan P. I shrieked, my voice carried by the wind. I kicked and splashed the water around us, my heart pounding like drums. Get off! I kicked as he dragged me down to the water. Please let me go, please, please God, please. I was already waist deep as he pressed his hand down on my mouth. High-pitched noises sounds around me. It felt as if he were talking to me, trying to mimic people, and that's when I recognized the word. It sounded distorted. The sounds whispered into my ear. I stopped trying to yell, but I did not relax. It released my mouth, still keeping its hand on my throat and waist. Hello? What are you? I asked to try to be as calm as can be, not trying to make any stupid moves. I had already made too many. As if it could understand, its scaly tail wrapped around my legs. It was long, and that's when I had put it together. And he'd seemed normal sized man from a distance, but up close he was frighteningly big. His ring finger and thumb wrapped perfectly around my neck. Okay. Okay, I understand. I, I'm, I won't scream anymore. I promise. He let go of my throat. And reached for the ananas. Taking a piece and bringing it to my lips, my head shifted as I looked back at him. Should I? He nodded. I took another bite of the sweet tangy juices sliding down my throat. He seemed to relax, so I ate more from his hand until it was all gone. It was good! Uh, I say, unsure of what to do. It turned me around face to face and looked at me with curiosity. And I cannot lie. I was also filled with devil's temptation. He ate a piece of ananas himself. He sunk further down into the water, but he let go and the only thing visible were his eyes and top of his head, like the first time I had ever seen him. He got close to my face and I feared he would unhinge his jaw and bite. But he pressed his forehead to my lips. Curiously, I reached out to feel his hair. It was not light and as flowy as I thought it might be. It was heavy and thick, almost like thin braids, but each shrine was heavy with water. I was silent. Even when he lifted his head out of the water, his black hair covering me like a blanket, shiny and new. Its expression was calm, and so I closed my eyes to breathe deeply. And that's when his head bent 
and he kissed me. It was not soft by any means. He pressed his lips against mine, spreading my lips apart. His tongue explored my mouth, strange bubbles laced his tongue like the arms of a dead octopus. And before I knew what was happening, his teeth sliced open my bottom lip. And I pushed on his shoulders, but his tongue lapped the blood. It stung, and I kicked until he pulled back. No! I yelled angrily. No, that's not how it's done. For a moment, his face was unreadable. For a moment, his face was unreadable until his cheek perked with a smirk. He pressed his finger to my nose, pressing it down before letting it go. He whispered something again and again. Until the word, sorry, made itself known. That hurt, I said, wiping the blood from my lip. I looked up at the moon. I have to go home now. I didn't know if that was the right thing to say or not, but it had been the truth. His brows furrowed and his lips pouted in annoyance. He shook his head and then pointed at the waterfall. I'm sorry, I must go back home to my uncle. He's worried about me, I said. He got close to my face once more, but this time his nose shook on mine in a strange sign that seemed almost affectionate. I'll be back, I promise. I still don't know what possessed me to say that. Perhaps you know more than I. But he allowed me to leave. When I looked back at his black, blue, and yellow tail swim away, all that was left was a stinging bruise on my lips. The next day, I decided that I couldn't let this stand. I feared that he would show up on our daily fishing trips. And even my uncle reassured me that everything would be fine and it would be alright. But I could never find the courage to tell him the plethora of ways things had gone wrong. In the evening, before the sun set, I went to visit the old wise woman of the village. I tracked up all the steep hills, holding onto the vines that fell from the trees, up onto the stone weeded ground. Donya! I cried out to her small home as it grew closer. Donya, it's me, Sandy. Come in, Sandy. She yelled back, and I rushed my pace, hoping she would know what to do about this strange creature who was haunting me. I pushed to the beaded curtains, entering her small yet quaint home. Hola, Donya, I said with a smile as she came from the kitchen. She smiled straight through her white teeth. Nobody knew how old she was, only that she had lived in the hill, away from people, and no one had ever seen her young, not even the elderly of the village. Her signature headscarf and white curls peeking through, her cute, wrinkled face marked with age as she smiled. She stopped and dropped her basket, the look of horror on her face. Sandy, my dear, what has happened? As the oranges rolled to my feet, my heart sank. Pushing away the tears I had held back, I wailed my heart out to her and I cried of my misfortune. Doña listened carefully and guided me to her dining table. She made me tea as I explained 
how I was going to meet him again tonight and how I feared for my life. I don't want to go. I said, sipping through the tea. Paul, Sandy, you must go. If you don't, things will get even worse for everyone else. You made a promise and promises should not be broken. Why? What'll happen? What do you see? <laughs> what you've encountered is a siren. But since he's a male, we call him Trident. Some of a mermaid. And if you promise him to a mermaid, normally they would starve. Or they take the children if they get too close. That's why we turn any favors that they might leave for us. And not common around these parts, but they normally aren't very friendly, at least without a reason. Tell me, does he speak with a human tongue? My face got hot. I didn't want to tell her that he had more of a tentacle tongue, nor why I knew that. But I broke. I needed to tell some of my woes. He can in... How do I say this? He can imitate in a way, but it must be hard for his tentacle tongue. Donya's forehead wrinkled and concerned, and then it disappeared and her lips pressed together in a knowing smile. Well, well, Sandy. That means he doesn't spend too much time on the surface. He probably arrived with the storms. Many of them in this area speak normally as they have been tempted into the water with words. But this is new. I've heard, I have heard stories of some of them taking humans as brides. But I don't know what happens afterwards. Oh, no. There it is, Sandy. I don't know much right now, but I'll call on the spirits tonight. She'll ask them for guidance. Come tomorrow before the sunset. And no matter what happens, do not breathe a word of this to anyone. I fear more for you than anything else. Trust me. I thanked her, and I made my path through the trees, all the way down to the small waterfall. The night was already dark, and I looked around, not seeing him. I walked towards the edge of the small cliff, and there he was, laying right next to his staff, sharp eyes staring right at me. Okay, guys. Um... It was a bit much of an episode, I know, I'm sorry. It started with a scream, but I did give a warning. I do remember giving a warning. Uh, join me for the next one. And of course, this is escalating, so do keep that in mind. Okay, bye!